Welcome to Eastern Water Solutions presents Chieftain Coach's Corner. I'm Don Hensley and we're back today. And I'll be joined again by Chieftain Head Football Coach Jason Brown, along with his defensive coaches Jeremiah Vyansky and Aaron Peitzmeyer, and captain and returning All-Ohio defensive standout Sullivan Ashcraft. So let's jump right into it, Coach Brown. First of all, i got to ask you, how are the first few weeks of school going now that you got this dual role thing going? Well, it's been busy, I guess, is what I would say, but it's been a real pleasure. It's been an honor to, uh, to serve our school, our kids, our community, and um, been really fortunate to have, obviously, a great football staff and, and a great teaching staff. Everybody's been very welcoming and has been very helpful and has really worked on, um, you know, buying into We Over Me and being a team. And it's just nice to see some of that spreading through our building. Probably feels like it's about Thanksgiving break for you. Sad news, it's middle of September, buddy. (laughs) Yeah, tell my kids too. (laughs) Uh, Well, one thing that has to be exciting around the school is the start of the football season. The Chiefs sit at 3-1 and coming off a big win over county rival Benjamin Logan. Uh, Coach, you had to be pleased with what you saw on Friday night. Yeah, I felt like the kids really played up to a standard. You know, we talked to them all week about that this game was about us and improving what we do and who we are. Um, you know, Ben Logan obviously is not as, as strong as they've been in the past years, but we knew we wanted to come in and make sure that we were um, performing at our best and continuing to push each other to get better. One thing that has been really evident so far this year is the flexibility of your athletes. I mean, uh, later we're going to be talking to Sullivan Ashcraft, who's returning All-Ohio linebacker for you, but last week – you lined him up some at defensive end and a linebacker. Uh, we've seen that a lot this year, guys playing multiple positions, guys filling in for other guys. How important is that kind of flexibility when it comes to fielding a, a high school football team? Well, in high school football season, you know, you're going to have injuries. There's going to have events that occur in games. You're going to have game plans that really ask you at times to be creative with how you use your players. I'm really proud of our players and our coaches, our assistant coaches, for all their time and effort that they spend on thinking about how to make us be our best, how to put kids in positions to be um, successful and to get their greatest uh, consistent effort for this football team. And, you know, you saw a lot of that last week on Friday night. Uh, You mentioned Sully, of course, Riley Neer, and other guys have stepped into different roles, embraced them, And, again, it goes back and speaks to that we-over-me culture that we have. It's not just something that we say. We we live it. We breathe it. And it's an important piece to us as we continue to push the standard higher. You know, it's interesting. You mentioned Riley Neer. And, um, you know, that flexibility showed up last week. Uh, You know, Chris Fogan was nicked up and couldn't play. And Riley Neer enters, and all he does is rush for 80-plus yards and four touchdowns. So So for uh, some people, that's a career. Yeah, that's what I said last week on the radio. I said I'd love to have him on my fantasy football team. Um, I think he he would have carried me. Um, What did you think about that performance, though? I mean, he hasn't really lined up there much this year, and he comes in and plays like that. Well, we've been dealing with that and working with that, um, that change and that switch from T's and, and Y's to be interchangeable. That's the word. We've been using it since May. Our guys understand it. They know why. And it's an effort uh, to make sure that we are consistently getting the best opportunity to make plays and putting guys in those positions to make those plays. Yeah, there's a lot of coaches around the area that probably uh, wish they had, you know, a few of those uh, skilled kids that you have. It seems like, uh, you know, 
for a high school football team, you can. There's a lot of different places you can turn to move the football. Yeah, we're really, really blessed. You know, we're really focusing on forcing teams to defend the entire field, defend every blade of grass, east, west, north, south, long, intermediate, etc. Uh, you know, but in the end, it it all comes down to running the football and the line of scrimmage. And so, uh, just been proud of our guys up front on both the offensive and defensive lines uh, about really deciding to impose their will on other teams. Talking a little bit about the offensive line, um, you know, we knew that you returned a lot of uh, experience and, and we expected the offensive line to enter the season, uh, you know, clicking on all cylinders. But how have you seen them improve in the first four weeks? Well, what we've really tried to focus on here in the first four weeks is their effort and whistle-to-whistle whistle effort. You know, initially, I think early in the season, we were um, – playing hard, but not as hard as we could play. And uh, everyone will tell you that, that the night we played cold water out here, that the competitive lessons that we learned with them, through them in that game, the fire that that game was for us, um, was important. And our guys are starting to understand about playing whistle to whistle. And we're seeing it on defense too. Our guys with a real drive and determination to get to the ball and, and a hunger to play for one another, and even when it's um, doing your job on the backside of a play, executing it and making sure that uh, everybody knows that nobody's better than the team and that we are going to only be as good as the 11 that are out there together. You know, I got this funny feeling that we're going to be looking back at that cold water game a lot this year as, as lesson learned. And, uh, you know, what a great opportunity playing a team like that um, that's well coached, that's got a lot of experience, been deep in the playoffs, won several state championships. What a great opportunity to play a team like that and get that kind of test early on and also see some of the areas that you were strong in and also see some of the areas that your team needed to improve on. No doubt. You know, we found some strengths for sure, but the lessons that we take away from that more than anything else is, you know, we can live with getting beat, but if, if we play our best, and, and we probably walked away from there saying – we didn't play our best. Now, credit to Coldwater, a good team, great program, and they had a lot to do with that that night for sure. But those lessons will stick with us uh, consistently. So let's talk a little bit about the passing game on Friday. Very efficient. A couple of drops in the end zone. One on the halfback pass, which is a touchdown, but that's got to be one of the toughest plays to make in football is for the receiver that's that wide open and the ball's fluttering a little bit. It seemed like it took forever for the ball to get there. And that one gets dropped. And then there's a fade in, in the second half that maybe could have been caught. But overall, another efficient night moving the ball through the air. Well, for us, we just, you know, we tell our guys always to just play the next play. Certainly our guys were upset. You don't have to tell our guys. They're competitors. They're veterans. You don't have to tell them to catch the ball. They know. I mean, we've, we've been through the ups and the downs with some of these guys. But, you know, throwing the football, we really started to take advantage of where we can find holes in the defense. And I've uh, been proud of the offensive guys for finding holes, not just deep balls and short balls, but we're really starting to find that intermediate area, attacking people in the middle of the field, attacking people outside of the hashes, and really forcing a defense to defend every blade of grass, like I said earlier. We're going to talk to Coach Kennedy and some of the offensive coaches uh, here in the next couple, few weeks. But um, one thing I wanted to talk to you about is uh, the receiving core a little bit and what they bring to the table. But specifically, I want to talk to you about Colin Deitch for a second. I, I think that, you know, I've watched a lot of football, and I don't know too many high school receivers that run as crisp as route, of routes as he does. I mean, especially those five, six, 
yard routes where you're looking to get the first down. He's an incredible route runner. Yeah, it's a real credit to Collins' work ethic and his time spent on his craft. You know, he's consistently working in the weight room. He's consistently working to get better, uh, spending time at camps, gathering information. Um, and it's a credit to his receiver coaches, the effort that those guys have given to improve um, their knowledge, their game, and bringing that to our receiving core. I mean, we've got a, a group of guys that can catch it. We've got a group of guys that will block uh, for one another. But Colin, you know, specifically has, has done a great job of – being committed to his craft, the tiny details that make a difference, and some of that's showing up for sure on Friday nights. Now we're going to hit the defense pretty strong here in a couple of minutes when coach, with uh, coaches Vianski and Peitzmeyer, but there isn't a head coach around that doesn't like four turnovers. Uh, <laughs> so that had to be a, something that was, you were very pleased with Friday night. Yeah, there's just no doubt. You win a turnover battle, you got a chance to win the game. In high school football, it's the biggest determining factor in winning or losing, whether you're plus or minus in turnovers. So to see us uh, turn the ball over and, and get it back for our offense in some short fields and to see our guys make those plays, I mean, sometimes it's just about confidence and ability uh, being together at the same time. And, of course, you know, you're going to speak to Sully later, but just so happy for those guys to get a chance to make those plays and for them to make them on a Friday night. Yeah, Ashcraft and Caudell, two linebackers with a couple of nice catches. Maybe you can mix them in at wide receiver. <laughs> yeah, their linebacker coach probably needs a raise. <laughs> uh, I was a little bit surprised um, that Ben Logan came out and tried to run as much as they did early on, especially the way your defensive front seven's been pretty stout against the run. Um, especially coming from the running backs, maybe. Uh, I know Coldwater maybe was a little bit different story, but I figured it would probably be a bigger test coming in, the, in last week for your secondary, especially with some starters out. Uh, but they gave up, you know, your secondary gave up some yards, but they were ball hawking as well, and you had to like what you saw all the way across the defensive side. Sure. You know, I mean, we can't get into Ben Logan's head and, and why they decided to attack us the way that they did. You would ask our players and coaches, they'll certainly tell you that my message all week was that the deep ball was coming and that they were going to fling it around and chuck it up there and try to make big plays. And there was some of that in there. You know, we, we made some plays on some of those balls, which maybe slowed their roll a little bit in that regard. Um, and part of it, too, you know, you just don't know necessarily where they were at injury-wise and what their plan was in regard. It felt like they were trying to shorten the game, run the clock, and, and try to keep the ball away from us. And, you know, with a really opportunistic defense that night, we were able to get the ball back quickly, turn it over on a short field. You know, statistically, it was really balanced and nice. We didn't have huge stats, though, and part of that was because the defense turned it over and there were a lot of short fields for our offense. Yeah, I think at the half they had uh, carried the ball 18 times for 24 yards, though. So, I mean, that front's – and I think their longest running play in the first half was six yards. So that front seven was stout, again, against the run. Yeah, just proud of those guys. And, and some of the switches that we've made in there – for us, you know, especially Sullivan and AC kind of really just kind of switching spots. We're trying to play to their strengths right now. And, you know, I'd be remiss to say that, you know, Sullivan's playing on an injury that most people would never play on. And so his heart and soul and determination is, uh, is shining through. And at the same time, Alex Caudill is as well. And what we've kind of tried to do is put them in positions where they can maximize who they are right now physically um, you'd have to just drag them off kicking, screaming right now to get them away from a football field or a football game. So we're really fortunate as coaches and in our program to have leaders like that that, that are truly willing to, uh, 
to play with through and, and with some of these injuries that for a lot of people would have cost them this season. You know, I think we've all talked a lot so far this season about Ashcraft, Caudell, but one kid that really, st- I thought, stuck out, especially in the first half, was Declan Shannon last week. How about a kid that is seeing the fruits of his labor? You know, Declan Shannon, a couple of years ago, has never even played football, is a hooper, um, doesn't really understand weightlifting, and all of a sudden the time and effort that he's spent in the weight room and committed to his craft starts to show up. He's always played really hard, except now he's six foot three, 215, 220-pound kid, and when those big kids start to play hard, it makes a difference. So just happy that he's kind of seeing some fruits of his labor. Yeah, one, one more question before we get to next week's opponent, and um, I guess this is just something that, you know, I wanted to bring up. Uh, this was the first game you've had the running clock this year, and I wanted to get your thoughts. For me personally, I think it does speed up the blowout. But overall, I, I'm not a big fan because I, I think it prevents some younger guys from getting a little bit of that flavor on Friday nights. And I know when I was a, a freshman and sophomore in high school and, you know, you got your you worked all week and you got your shot to get in there for a quarter, that was, that was really big. Uh, but the running clock's kind of taken that away a little bit. So what are your thoughts on that as a head coach? Really dislike the fact that those young guys can't get a bigger taste of what Friday night's about. But the other side of that coin is that when you've got those blowouts, um, not only for the uh, team that's being blown out, but for the team that's blowing somebody out, you speed the time up, you prevent injuries. You know, there's there's pieces of the puzzle that that people don't think about um, that the, the running clock allows you to kind of get out of there safely. But at the same time, you know, you long for those young guys to have a chance to go in and really dig their feet in and feel what it's like to play under those lights because there's really no substitute for that. And some of our guys that got a chance to play last Friday, they would tell you that right now. Yeah. I, I, uh, there, was a couple, there was a fumbled snap, I think, when those guys got in. I saw you uh, talking to your quarterback about that, and I told, uh, I told Bill, I said, you know, I said this is one thing that's missed by the running clock is the ability to coach those kids up in that kind of uh, atmosphere because at some point that freshman's a junior and senior, and you're going to ha- need that need him to play at that level. I think his quote was to me, coach, the lights are really bright. <laughs> and I said, well, you just got to catch the snap, buddy. Yeah, they're, they're bright in more ways than one when no you're doubt. younger. Right. And, you know, I think the other thing, that, too, that's missed a little bit by that is the seniors and the juniors, the, guy, the varsity guys having a chance to rally around the JVs when they're getting some ex- yeah. extended playing time. Yeah, you know, there's, there's points to be, to be made on both sides. My guess is that the state is going to point to safety, number one, and you know, there, there's some matchups at times that have shown up where not is it a 30-point game, but it's a 50-point game and the clock's running and, you know, everybody's just saying, let's get out of here healthy. So, I, I, you know, you in the end you have to deal with what we have. That's the rules we all play with right now. And, you know, we try to get all those guys in. We don't, we're not able to sometimes. You know, we feel bad. I know some of the guys probably and their families go home and like, oh, man, we should, wish we could have got in. But, you know, we try really hard to try to make sure the guys that – are in there, have earned it, and the guys that are in there um, have a chance to succeed. Yeah, I mean, safety is important now. I know that, I mean, when we were kids, we drank out of garden hoses and did all the things <laughs> you're not supposed to. And it is interesting, though, that the state doesn't have a problem with a one plane of 16, but that's for me to talk about and not you. So yeah, I um, won't say a word. All right. And then, uh, so last thing uh, for you, Coach Brown, would be uh, back-to-back county rivals uh, on the schedule this, this year with uh, your team hitting the road Friday night for a game at Indian Lake. 
the Lakers have lost a lot and they've struggled out of the gates. What do you expect on Friday? Well, expect their very best. You know, expect a Super Bowl effort. Expect them to throw everything but the kitchen sink at us. And for us, you know, we just have to continue to to play to a standard, play up to a standard, push the standard higher. Um, you know, for us, it's about us this week and being better. And um, we know that the lake's going to be excited to play us. They'll be ready to play us. They'll give us their best the way they always do, regardless of the record. So for our team, the idea is to play up to the standard and be ready for anything that could come our way. And then uh, I know you. this goes totally against uh, what you do as a coach because I know you're one game at a time, but then that Kenton Trail Conference starts up the week after that. And uh, last, I just looked at the standings before I came here. There's not one team under 500 in, the, in your side of the – of the schedule. So that's going to be uh, another five week dog fight there in the Kenton trail this year. No doubt. But you know, like we, we always say iron sharpens iron. And you know, last season was an example of that. We don't win the conference, but we went around one playoff game because our conference has prepared us for that. So honestly, I think most of the head coaches in the conference at this point understand that it's a great honor and it's a really tough to win the CBC right now. But even if you don't win it and you're in the mix, you're going to be prepared for playoff football. And that's a credit to the other coaches and teams in our league and uh, what everybody's done for each other, kind of been rising tides for each other. Well, Coach Brown, again, it's a pleasure uh, to have 15 minutes of talking football with you each week. And uh, good luck this week against Indian Lake. Thanks for taking us inside the uh, X's, X's and O's, and we'll talk to you next week. We're going to step aside for a moment when we come back. To the Eastern Water Solutions Presents Coach's Corner, I'll be joined by defensive coaches Aaron Peitzmeyer and Jeremiah Vianski. All right, welcome back to Eastern Water Solutions Presents Coach's Corner. Uh, last week, Coach Peitzmeyer joined me to talk about returning to Bell Fountain after 15 seasons at Marysville and what it was like to follow in the footsteps of his Hall of Fame uh, father, Bell Fountain Hall of Fame football coach, Greg Peitzmeyer. But due to some technical difficulties that either myself or Peitz had the skills to fix, we thought we would bring him back this week and talk about the defense with the two coaches who are the brain trust of a defense that is allowing just 15 points per game. Welcome, gentlemen. Thanks for, having Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's dive right in. Coach Vianski, you had to be thrilled with the way your defense performed Friday night. I just heard Coach Brown talk about uh, talk about it from his aspect. But uh, first of all, you guys really stuffed the run, and then you were able to get the four turnovers. Talk a little bit about the play of your defense and the way they were able to get those big turnovers last week. Well, I, I think a lot of it starts from the guys up front. You know, they were <laughs> when you can really control the run game and, and kind of make teams – Try to take chances and, and, and push the ball a little bit. It puts your guys in a spot to sometimes react and make plays. And and, and, and that's been the mindset for the guys all year. I feel like they've really just uh, have done a great job of learning their assignments, understanding their gap responsibilities, and just doing a good job of leveraging the football and, and just being physical. I mean, that's that's really kind of the bottom line there. I think our guys are being really physical. They've, they've made a lot of progress in that regard. And uh, like I said, then our guys in the back end are really just putting themselves in a good spot to make plays. You know, Coach Peismeyer and I talked about this last week, but uh, I just the difference from the – I know the first week is always the first week, and then you get cold water, which, let's face it, I mean, looking at the way they're playing right now, I don't think they'll lose this year. 
Uh, but uh, you get them in week two. But, man, the defense just seems to have really turned, turned it up a notch or two since that game. Yeah, and, and like I said, you, you kind of come in, you, you know the a lot of those guys are varsity guys. They've had a lot of experience playing varsity football, but you get a chance to step on the field, like I said, with Coldwater, who's parentally deep in the playoffs, and they, they, there's just the physicality that they bring. And then you kind of get to see that next level as far as what it, what it really takes to, to, to really put it all together. So, like, like as Coach Brown alluded to earlier, you know, the iron sharpens iron. We feel like we played a really tough non-conference schedule that uh, hopefully has prepared us for – for this back end of the schedule, but you know, it's just like I said, we got a lot of guys that are veterans. They've been through the fire a little bit, and 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 it's it's great to see that they're still taking steps and growing as young men and young players. Coach P, uh, a few weeks ago, you went to a three-four look against Licking Heights with Ashcraft sideline. Last week, you dropped him down to the defensive end and moved him back to linebacker at times too. You showed the Raiders some four-three look with along with the new three-four. How important is that versatility and? And what advantages do you gain from being able to move and be flexible with the type of li- alignment? Yeah, it really helps to have these athletes that we have here at Ball Fountain. You know, just like you and Coach Brown said earlier, um, you know, having a kid like Sullivan Ashcraft, um, Alex Caldill, you know, those guys can play almost anywhere on a football field. All right. So, you know, having that flexibility to be able to move them around and play to their strengths has made our defense, um, I think, very versatile, um, which, you know, I think is kind of hard for an offense to prepare for. You know, when you have guys, you know, lined up, you know, one way, one play, and then you can jump into a whole different defense the next play without – I think this is the key is you don't – we're not subbing anybody. You know, a lot of teams have to sub somebody to get to those looks. And, you know, with us not having to do that and having those players that can put their hand in the dirt, you know, get up on, on two feet and, and run around and play in space, you know, I think that's that's tough for, for an offense to prepare for in one week. So – Coach Bianski, you were with the Chiefs last year, and this year Coach, Coach Peitzmeyer joined the staff. And, you know, I've been out to practice. I've seen you in games. It looks like you two have worked together for years. Um, how do your philosophies complement each other? Well, like I said, I think we're both just football junkies. I, I know Coach P's been around the game for a long time. He's got a lot of uh, background with it, you know, his dad being the coach here in town. And, you know, and, and just being students of the game, trying to be open-minded and trying to grow. You know, the game of football changes so much year to year. It's, it's funny how you see it kind of evolved. And, and because of that, I just think as a coach, you got to understand you're going to get new challenges and you got to be open to, to those challenges. And like I said, he's been great to work with. He's been very open-minded. Uh, he's brought a lot of great ideas to our staff. Um, we try to keep a lot of some things of, of what we're doing and what we do well. And, and, and it's been nice to just kind of, kind of blend and mesh different philosophies, different ideas together. But yeah, he's been great, a great addition. Just uh, like I said, that's just a football junkie, and it's great to be around it. So, you can't have enough of those guys. I mean, <laughs> if you're not a football junkie, you shouldn't be coaching high school football because you're certainly not in it for the money. Right. Um, I mean, <laughs> nobody's getting rich here. Not go there. <laughs> nobody, nobody's getting rich here. Um, Coach P, how has your defensive thinking uh, that you brought to Bell Fountain been able to work here, and and what's the what is it that the two of you value most about putting together a defense? I think, you know, first of all, I, I agree uh, working with Coach V. It's been awesome, you know, and it's been a great, um, you know, honor to, to coach with these guys and, and the staff that we have here. Um, I think just, you know, our kind of our philosophies have really blended together. Um, you know, we both like to be fundamentally sound, you know, obviously focus on tackling, obviously focus on the, you know, the, the, the fundamental principles of a, of a good defense, you know, run into the football. You know, I think those two things – if you can't run to the football and you can't tackle, you know, obviously you can't play well um, on defense. So I think 
you know, we always have agreed on those things. That's always things that we practice and we emphasize and practice. Um, you know, you can't go anywhere without that. Um, you know, and I think that we both kind of have similar philosophies with, you know, being sound um, alignment wise and being sound in, you know, how we're, we're lining up to defenses and how we're going to, um, you know, shift to one side of the deep to the offense and maybe adjust backside. So we kind of, you know, we always, I always said, I always like to balance things up. And I know coach V does too, you know, you like to, you know, if you're taking one thing away, you obviously want to be able to kind of balance that up and take something else away. Now you can't cover everything. Um, you know, obviously in a, in a defensive world, that's, you know, that's, that's too, too much, but you know, we do try to stay as sound as possible, uh, make teams work. You know, I think that that's a huge thing in, in high school football. You know, if you make a high school offense go 15 plays, something bad's usually going to happen. Right. And that's what I think, you know. So, um, you know, I think that that comes from being fundamentally sound and, and alignment sound and, you know, kind of just making sure your kids are in best positions. I heard you refer to him as Coach V, so I'm I'm going to go Coach V and Coach P too, just because it's That's a lot of Brownie. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's Brownie a, started that back in May, I think. Yeah. Always looking around, figuring out what letter they said. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. write too much. So. <laughs> Beyonce and Feitzman, just going to like a law firm, or <laughs> but uh, Coach V and Coach P works better for me. There you go. Um, so Coach V, uh, I thought last year there were some games when the back half struggled a bit, and I think that you know most of the coaching staff would agree that there was a lot of young kids playing back there. But so far this season, they appear to have not. Um, just improve their pass defense, but they're also really coming up and doing a better job of supporting the run. What do you think the key factors have been behind that? I just think the experience that they've gained over over the last year, year and a half, has, has been huge. Um, you know, we were a little bit more limited last year. We tried to stay a little more vanilla because the kids were young, uh, which didn't give us a lot of answers at times. You know, whether you know we're trying to take certain scheme away or whatever, it just was hard to adjust sometimes. So we, we got a little bit predictable. This year, you know, in the offseason, the point of emphasis was try to be a little more versatile. We've got guys that have played a lot of football. Uh, we could put more on their plate. Uh, you know, even in the scrimmages, I felt like we were a little bit rugged. Even in the seven-ons, we were a little bit rugged. But, you know, we were asking a lot more of those guys. And as, as we've had more time to, you know, prep and plan and practice and get those guys, you know, just feeling out what they can do well and then getting them in spots where they can, you know, excel, uh, I think, you know, we're starting to see, you know, kind of – what we envisioned all along with these guys. So, uh, like I said, a big thing is just getting them in the right spots, getting the kids to understand the scheme and what we're trying to do, and then just, you know, giving them a chance to just fly around and praise them when they make plays because mm -hmm. there's a lot of guys in that back half that can make some plays. So. Mm -hmm. What's really interesting is before we uh, – a couple of days ago, before I was putting this together, I wanted to make sure I was kind of correct. But I went back and watched the first scrimmage again. Mm. And it's amazing how much the defense looks reaction more much more reactionary now than that first scrimmage. It looked like that first scrimmage kids were robotic. Mm -hmm. Obviously, there's probably some new terminology and stuff oh, yeah. being thrown at them. Yeah. But looking at that first scrimmage to now, I mean, what a huge five weeks! Yeah, and you know, and it's funny you see them making these, these this growth and these gains, and and you're and even as a coach, you still look at it and you're like there's so much more, so mm -hmm. much more on tap potential. So the, our hope is just to be able to get, you know, the sky's the limit, try to get those guys to really understand how good they can be and and, and try to play, play, you know, just phenomenal, tough, hard-nosed chief in football. So, Coach P, uh, one thing that's really been evident so far, and we talked about this a little bit last week before we had um, some technical difficulties, mm -hmm. but um, – is the, is the ability of the front seven to really run. I mean, you've been turning them loose a little more in the last few weeks. 
Is that something you want to do with this bunch? Let them blitz, you know, show some different looks, bring people from off the edge, uh, make sure your team's taking advantage of that speed? Yeah, I think that, you know, having that versatility with these guys is is huge, you know, and, and it allows us to be as a staff, you know, pretty creative with how we attack some of these offenses, um, you know, to be able to, like I said, get in that four-man front, um, you know, with these heavy run teams that we're going to see later on, we're obviously going to need to use that, um, you know, and then to be able to jump into that three-man front and, you know, I kind of look at it as a little bit more of a, it's a pressure package, um, you know, you can you can kind of bring some guys here and there and, it's a whole different look than your four-man front. It's all different angles. And to an offensive line, that's a lot that you throw at those guys, you know, and, and that's a lot of prep work that they have to to account for, you know, each week. So um, to have guys, and I think that that kind of little change-up that we've, we've kind of put in the last few weeks has played to our kids' strength. And I think you see, you know, our guys kind of flying around a little bit more. It's kind of turned them loose, um, you know, I think. And, you know, it's, it's showing up on Friday nights, you know, where – we're flying in there on third, third and shorts and fourth and shorts and kind of blowing plays up because the kids are just turning themselves loose. You know what I mean? They're going, they're playing fast. And, you know, to, to the kids, you know, defense here, you know, they, you know, it took a while to install some of this stuff. And, you know, now we are comfortable with what we're doing and now it's alignment assignment. They know that stuff. And now it's play fast. All right. So I'm a big hard knocks fan. I've watched all the seasons of hard knocks. Plus I'm a huge lions fan. So I mean, I've, that's nothing to brag about, so trust me. But uh, So this year I was especially interested in hard knocks. I don't know if you've watched it or not, but there was a lot of rivalry between Deuce Daly, who coaches the offensive running backs, and Aaron Glenn, who coaches the defense. And here's a couple guys in yourselves that are coaching the defense, but all of the talk in the preseason was about the other side of the football. So did you, did you guys use that at all? I mean, to create a little bit of fire in the defensive uh, bellies? <laughs> Well, it's funny because we, we always sit there and we're like, well, we've got to have this kid and we've got to have this kid on defense because if, if we're giving up points, you know, <laughs> you're not winning any championships. So, uh, so yeah, there's definitely been – you know, we've had a strong arm, so, some guys, and say we've got to have these guys. They're non-negotiable. If we're going to play at a high level, these kids got to stay on this side of the ball. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's nice to kind of sneak in. You know, 15 points a game I still think is a bit too much. I'd like to get down under 10, but uh, there's still a lot of season left. And, like I said, I st- – a lot of growth left for our guys. So, but uh, yeah, as long as we can keep guys healthy and get get the guys on the field that we want, I think we we can make some noise. It's pretty funny because uh, I know that there was probably there had to be some negotiation about Caudell coming over and playing defense because he was a heck of an offensive lineman guard. Yeah. So it's nice though, I guess on the, on the flip side that the offense has such deep offensive line that you can pluck a guy like a Caudell and have him play predominantly on the defensive side. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, tell the offense, if you guys want to score 50 a game, then go ahead, take all the guys and keep them on offense. But, you know, Make sure you score 50 a game. Right, that's exactly right. <laughs> well, then, you, guys are, you guys are probably preaching to the right guy because Coach Brown's a defensive guy, yeah, and right. I'm not sure he saying. wants to He wants to be in too many yeah, 50 to 48. It's when your head coach is a defensive guy. <laughs> right. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Right. Uh, so, Coach V, one thing that stuck out to me was how much better your team has tackled the last few weeks. Uh, you know, I, I, I can look and think of a couple, maybe three missed tackles during the game. Usually a lot of them from not breaking down, but, you know, tackling has really improved. Now, the practice schedule gets a little different when um, the season starts. So how, how can you create enough game-like look in practice to improve something like tackling? Well, I, you know, it's, it's, I don't know if you can always get the great look that you want during the season. I mean, those scout guys are young. They're learning. They're getting better. But, um, you know, you, you got to try to, 
I think a lot of it comes in the off season, guys just repping and working angles and understanding like where their help is. That's the biggest thing is understanding how the team defense is set up and structured and knowing where their support's coming from. That way they can, you know, be ultra aggressive, turn it back into where the, the help is at. Um, and it makes it a lot easier to tackle when it's two on one, three on one. You know, if you're on an island one on one, that's when you know, you know missed tackles happen a lot. So I think the kids have grasped the concept of you know where they need to be and how they got to you know position in on the run fit. And like I said, it makes it a lot easier when you can get multiple hats to the football. Yeah, um, I I think that it, what, what's interesting to me too is that it's not just been like one. Or two players, you know. You had the game where Caldell had 16 tackles, but you know we just talked about Declan Shannon. There's been a lot of different mans. There's been a lot of different guys that are stepping up. Yeah, mans led the team in tackles this past week. Right. I yeah. mean, so I mean, that's got to be one thing as defensive coaches that you like to see is that because if it's just one guy, I can probably scheme to that. But when it's multiple guys and it's interior linebackers, it's safeties. I mean, that has to be a, a defensive coach's dream. It, it's good to see these guys all coming together and and really buying into to what we're doing, you know. And it and you know it's taken a while to kind of kind of get things you know aligned properly and everything, and getting the kids to understand what, what we're trying to do defensively. But um, you know, it's fun to see you know those kids out there celebrating on a big fourth down stop, you know. And that's as a, as a coach, you know, that's that's something when you look back or you feel you know pretty good about those kids. It's their show, you know, and that's what we want. Them, them to be out there making those big plays and, and celebrating with their buddies, you know, absolutely. So, Coach V, uh, let's talk a little bit about Sullen Mashcraft, who's going to join us here in a second. Uh, you were here last year, and you saw the season he put together. Uh, he had a key interception last week. We know he's playing with an injury that most guys are not going to play football with, especially play linebacker, but, you know, he's kind of a, one of those kids that you just can't keep off the field. But what uh, what can you tell the uh, people that are listening about Sullivan Ashcraft as a football player? And a young man's just a, he's a he's a trooper. He's a warrior. I mean, he's played. This is his third year, you know, with varsity experience. So he's got a lot of games under his belt. You know, um, you know his leadership. Nobody's going to question his work ethic. You know, he comes in the weight room. He's going to push himself. He's not coasting. Um, when he's in a drill, he don't care if you're you know. First, second, through wherever you're at, he's going to go hard, and and you better buckle up your chin strap because he's coming for you. So you, you know when you have kids like that that are leading by example, it makes it real easy for a lot of other guys to kind of fall in line and, and follow the leader there because um, you know he, he's basically a coach on the field for you. You know he's played a lot of ball, he knows what needs to get done. Like I said, he's going to lead by example, he's going to play hard, and all those intangibles you look for in a young man, uh, especially when he's playing linebacker, and then the ability. He's so physical up front like he's been. So he's a very versatile young man. Makes makes defense a lot easier when you got guys like that on the on your team. And he puts a stamp on you when he hits you. I, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of guys I'm sure like, what the heck was that? You know, yeah, was that a person or was that a train? You know, <laughs> I mean, he reminds you know when I was a freshman, there was an, we had an all Ohio defensive player on our varsity that was a senior, and I can remember. Many times being in those tackling drills and counting and thinking, oh, I got to tie my shoe. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, that's I, right. Yeah, I got right. a feeling Sullivan yeah. Ashcraft's had Start a few shoes tied. Yeah, oh, hey, yeah, hold on. Yeah. Hop in yeah. real quick. I got to buckle my helmet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I got this that's, that's right. right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, great guys. This has been great stuff. Thanks for the insight. Uh, we're going to take another break and when we return to the Eastern Water Solutions uh, presents Coach's Corner. We're going to be joined by that senior linebacker, Sullivan Ashcraft. Hey, Thanks, thank guys. You. Thank yep. you for having thank us. You. Thanks, Don. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Good stuff. Good stuff. Thanks, Don.
All right, we're, we're back with the Eastern Water Solutions Presents Coach's Corner, and I'm joined by senior linebacker, defensive end last week, Sullivan Ashcraft. Thanks for joining us this evening, Sullivan. Uh, last week, you had the chance to do a little bit of everything. You played on the defensive line, you played linebacker, you showed off your hands. Uh, talk me through that interception. Uh, well, honestly, I really wasn't supposed to be where I was at, but playing defensive end, So I just dropped – I saw the pass and I dropped back. And I saw it come up my head. I was like, ooh, I'm going to come down a little low. So I can grab it. And I was a little tired to take it all the way back, so I just kind of let him tackle me there. I think I would have had a heart attack if I took it 80 yards. <laughs> have you had any uh, interceptions before at the varsity level? Yeah, I have uh, one last year to start the season against Sydney. I almost got that one to end zone, but I had to run it right up the middle and take it straight to their quarterback. How'd you like playing down at defensive end last week, and how different was it than linebacker? I mean, I really, I'm starting to enjoy it, especially like I like to go in against scout team and blow up our first team offense. So I think it's fun to practice. That's how I end up at the end, really. I was messing around one day in practice and went went down, lined up all fours, and showed up to tackle a little bit. So when I got when I hurt my knee against Coldwater, they're like, well, maybe we should move you to Sam so he can come to you. It's, it's kind of new, but it's kind of not because in middle school I was a D lineman. I only got linebacker once I moved up to high school. So it's kind of all starting to come back a little bit. Remember why I like playing D line. So, so you're, you're playing with a knee injury that most would probably sideline most guys for a season. And uh, uh, here you are playing. And um, now you come by this a little bit honestly because uh, your mom, uh, Megan Casey Ashcraft, uh, I know she had some knee injuries as well, and, and her and her sister Michelle both played through those. So, um, what what's it been like for you? I mean, has it been frustrating, or or talk me through what it's been like to have to play with the injury? Um, well, I mean, during two days, kind of like getting used to it. Still, that was frustrating. But now it's it's like you know, there's there wasn't a way before. It seems like kind of just see how it is now. And I mean, most of the time, you know. That's good, and uh, you haven't really. It's really been hard to notice when you play too, so <laughs> that's a good thing. But uh, talk about the defense as a whole. A lot of you guys have been starting since you were freshmen and sophomores. How have you seen this defense develop over the last couple of years? Um, well, one thing I've noticed this year a lot better is our maturity as a team. We don't like we don't talk as much. Don't talk to the other team. Don't get back and forth. Don't fight as much as we might have last year, sophomore year. And I mean, I just know this guy's seem more confident playing harder after two, three years of varsity. I think defense is one of those things that it, once you kind of feel comfortable, you play better defensively. I mean, you can offense, you've got plays, you have to know where you're going and that kind of stuff. But defense is really just about a mindset, isn't it? Yeah, you just hit the person ready, really. <laughs> Easy, right? See ball, hit ball. <laughs> Bobby Boucher. <laughs> So back-to-back county rival games with Ben Logan last week and Indy Lake this week. Is there a little extra juice in playing those games? Um, I wouldn't say it's different than any other game, really. This is how this are. I mean, we know, we know what we're facing. Not the best team that we're going to play. 
and vice versa. And we just locked in, ready to play a good game against them. And they go on the next week, play against Clemson. But I mean, I mean for the for the county schools though, it's kind of like their Super yeah. Bowl playing you guys. Yes, I mean, but we try to just kind of stay away from that because once you get sucked into that, then you get sucked into the you know social media commentary, right. back and forth. Coach Brown gets involved with the principal. Right. Right. Yeah, Coach Brown is the principal now. It's a little yeah. different, too. But, um, it's a double punishment. That's right. So talk a little bit about um, what – do you, do you guys as a defense have certain goals when you go into each game? I mean, uh, obviously a shutout maybe. Or yeah. is, there, is there goals that you have listed that you're, you guys are shooting for? Yeah, we have a board. We really try and get to them. When we don't meet them, you know, some of us are really disappointed by that. Kind of get mad and play even harder, trying to get the other goals. But I mean, in general, when we go out there, we just try and just play, stop the ball, three and out. So you heard us talk about you a little bit before you came on here, and uh, I, I I do think that you're one of the hardest hitters I've seen, um, pound for pound. But uh, tell me, what what does it take to be a guy that's an intimidating force on defense? freshman year, the guys I had to go against, um, just a few, like Garrett Gross, I remember one time in practice, he stepped up to go against just me and another kid when we were both freshmen, and that was terrifying. I mean, you just kind of know what it's like, but we just, uh, just got to have the mentality to get in the weight room, get out on the field, practice, get stronger, get better every day, and just go hit, really. Garrett Gross, could he could hit you. Yeah. I mean, he was a hitter. Not to mention, I mean, you have to get – I'd say as, like, my freshman year, the senior class we had really helped us because they hard – they, you know, we had to go to the scout team against them. Like Anthony Snap, he would just lay with his head. He'd spear you right in the face and <laughs> put you on your butt. Kid Jacob Kidwell, Ryan Poole, Quentin Bywell, I mean, they were just terrifying to go as freshmen. And I mean, that really toughens you up to be a junior, senior uh, varsity player. So one thing you said that kind of caught me off guard a little bit, but – kind of getting a little bit of an understanding of you, maybe it shouldn't have, is that most guys that are playing a little dinged up are probably not going to want to jump in against the number ones in practice. But you said that they realized you could play defensive end when you jumped in against the number ones, and you like jumping in there and giving them a good look. Yeah. So uh, you're not sitting out. When as much as Coach Brown tried to make me, I eventually got in there. Because my, one of my favorite things to do is make the first team off. So, but that makes them better. Yeah, I'm hoping. Right? I mean, that's. I think it's helped improve a little bit. And I'll try and get my other first team guys with me that aren't on offense. I'll try and get them in there with me. And they all just mess around, kind of blitz randomly, you know, just give them the unexpected, try and make them better. Well, Sullivan, I really appreciate your time today. I got one last question for you. What are your plans after high school? Places like High Point, they can hook you up with a job after school, a good-paying job, union, anything like that. 
branch off from there who are going to college and getting into business or construction management, starting somewhere higher. But it's a tough decision, really. Because I know I, I'm, everyone says I'm smart enough to go to college, I guess. But I think I can take the smart out and just straighten the railroad. I like it. I like it. Well, I, you know, I don't. I really don't know you except for watching you, but I got a funny feeling you're going to be successful in whatever you do. So, uh, Sullivan, it's been a, a, my uh, appreciation for you spending some time with us today, and uh, best of luck this season. Thank you. Okay, and that's that, that's a wrap for this week. Uh, next week we'll be back with uh, Eastern Water Solutions presents Coach's Corner, and uh, this week the Lakers or the Chieftains travel to Indian Lake to take on the Lakers at seven o'clock on Friday. <laughs>